0: Welcome back to the Bottles Nation podcast. My name is Blagiza,
1: And I'm Michael.
0: And we are back, and we are really, really excited today because we are talking to someone literally in our backyard. We'd like to introduce you to Kathy Sturm. She is the Executive Director of the Lake Michigan Shore Wine Trail.
2: Hi, Kathy. Good Hi, morning. Kathy. How are you?
0: Good, thanks for joining us.
2: Pretty good. Thank you for having me, this is wonderful. So we wanted to have
0: Kathy on today because as many of you know, Michael and I, we settled with our family in uh, back in the mitten in Southwest Michigan. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that we are avid fans of Michigan wine. Um, we think that Michigan wine is getting a different type of um, appreciation, if you would say, Michael, than before. Uh,
1: yeah, I think uh, the word is starting to get out a little bit um, that people know that there's more than just sweet wines here, uh, bachelorette party wines, and um, there's some serious stuff coming out.
0: So Kathy, we'd love to hear from you about that perception, but before we do that, we always like going back in time a little bit with our guests and let us know a little bit more about you and how you got into being the executive director of this fantastic group of winemakers.
2: Well, let's just say it was a lucky happenstance. Um, I had uh, about four years ago I retired uh, from a career in conference and educational program planning for a learned society and I lasted about a week and I wanted to remain involved uh, but more on a part-time basis and do something totally different and I came upon this opportunity through my son Who happened to know one of the winery owners and he told me that this opportunity that had just come about had my name written all over it. So I applied and was lucky enough to get the job and I refer to this as my encore career and that is until that new term side hustle was coined. Uh, Um, And it's great. And it's great to be able to work part time and still have time for other interests like volunteering at the local elementary school um, where I mentor uh, students and um, just, you know, different things that I've been wanting to do but couldn't when you have a full time career. Right. And of course, spending time with my family and my two wonderful grandchildren. So
0: tell us a little bit about the Lake Michigan Shore Wine Trail. What should folks know about it? Where is it located?
2: Okay, well, it's in Southwest Michigan and it it is a wine destination. And the wonderful part is that it is easily accessible from all areas, right, right here in Michigan, also Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Ohio. You can all get here in a short amount of time And visit you know several wineries in that short period of time and each winery visit is different It's a different experience and because we are so easily accessible You can visit on a regular basis and not have the same experience at the same time and we're also uh, We have rather a broad um, Area that we cover and so Back in 2001, uh, a group of winery owners gathered uh, for, the, for the ideal purpose to organize the wineries located in the Southwest region of Michigan and along the uh, Lake Michigan shore AVA. And in a collaborative effort, they wanted to be able to promote the wines and the wineries as part of a tourism in the region. And the original founding members were uh, Contessa Wine Cellars, Domain Uh Berrien, Fenn Valley, uh, Karma Vista, Lemon Creek, Round Barn, St. Julian, Tabor Hill, and Warner Vineyards. And the organization at the time was named Southwest Michigan Wine Trail. And it became a legal entity on February 19th, 2002. And then later on, the group changed its name to Lake Michigan Shore Wine Trail
0: to align
2: align with the region's uh, federal designation as the Lake Michigan Shore uh, AVA, which is the American Viticultural Area. And that was a way to strengthen uh, the awareness for the wines in this region.
0: Okay, that's interesting. And I learned a lot about what AVA means through, obviously, my husband over here, um, okay. and he, he's had his own like many discoveries about the area and when we moved and before we used to before we lived here full-time I almost started seeing it more through his eyes because I didn't realize how many wineries we had.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were much more familiar with uh, a little bit further up north with Traverse City Wines. Um, the right. really fantastic region lots of different really great wineries um, amazing stuff and amazing juice coming out of there and then Moving over here, obviously, we had a chance to dig in and uh, discover new wineries that are really close by. Uh, It's funny how really close it is to Chicago, uh, to most places in northern Indiana for people to visit. It's it's really fun discovering all these different places. Uh, Some of them have some really serious stuff. Some of them have some really fun stuff.
2: And, and that's, that's what makes it so unique because each experience, uh, depending on which winery you visit, um, and then go to a, a, you know, the next winery or a different winery uh, down the road, um, it's a different experience. And, and that's what we want to be able to provide is that you know, each one is unique in themselves, uh, but then that also lends to the overall uh, experience.
1: Yeah, it was really cool uh, hearing about some of the history, just going from uh, Lemon Creek, where I learned that they were the first pioneers of Cabernet Sauvignon in the area. Everyone was telling them, you can't grow that grape here. And they said, well, we're going to try it anyway. And then lo and behold, they're making a really nice cold climate style of Cabernet Sauvignon. And then going right down the street to uh, see Wally at Domaine Berrien and then uh, noticing he's um, a Rhone Ranger uh, making Rhone style wines right here in Michigan.
2: And it can be done, and it's done very well. You
0: know, speaking of that phrase, it can be done, I have to ask, you know, since you've been doing this and, you know, living in Michigan, do you have any interesting stories or anecdotes over the years of visitors, whether they're native Michiganders, or overall Midwesterners who've gone to a winery in the region and left with, you know, their own epiphany stories? Do you have any interesting anecdotes of, you know, people that have either written you or come up to you at tasting events and really been surprised by some of what they're um, drinking?
2: Yes. um, There was a situation, uh, an experience we had, oh, probably about two years ago now. And we did um, a presentation with some of the wineries Um, to a group of people, and one of the uh, individuals in the audience uh, just, you know, sat there with, you know, arms crossed, you know, across the chest and sitting back and going, I don't believe any of this, and you don't make good wines, and on and on. And finally, during questions and answer, um, this individual came up and she said, well, you can't make good wines only california can make good wines. and um we we said well we just so happen to have some wines here what wine do you like from california and she said it was a pinot grigio and so we poured her a glass or a taste i should say of uh pinot grigio And we handed it to her, and her eyes lit up like you would not believe. And we discussed it a little bit further, um, talked about how California wines cannot be compared to Michigan wines because the soil is different, the environment is different, and so it's not going to be the same. But it's also going to be good wine and, um, and quality wine. And she sat there and she asked for a second. <laughs> and uh, so we gave it to her and she's and, and right there in front of everyone, she said, I'm a convert.
0: Wow. And I think what you, what you said there, I think is also telling, you know, cause we, we have our own, you know, to be very, very honest recently within the area, I'll be very general. I was having dinner in the area of Southwest Michigan, and a server came to our table. And one of my friends had asked um, for a sample of some Michigan wine that was on the menu. And to my surprise, the server point blank said that Michigan wine was not good. And I just about fell off my chair. And I realized at that moment that, you know, perhaps this person just wasn't up up to speed with the diversity of wine within the whole state, let alone Southwest Michigan. And when you said the soil and you said the environment, you know, even though I've learned a lot over the years, kind of by osmosis and who I'm married to, I don't think people understand what that means. And yes, we're not California and we're not Oregon, but we're not supposed to be because our dirt isn't the same in the same state.
2: That is correct. And another um, comment uh, that that we use and um this was shared with me by um uh Aaron Har at uh, Fen Valley and he said that quality starts in the vineyard mm. wine is not made it's grown
0: that's a really great one too
1: yeah that's, yeah. A, that's a good point and uh, then,
2: yeah and then did you know that there is no german word for winemaker that if you translate it, a person who makes wine is referred to as a wine grower.
0: Macht. I, I speak some German. Mm-hmm. I thought macht. Macht. I think macht means to make. But the word, but the actual word in German for... I have to look that up that's, now.
1: That's a really interesting point, too. Yeah.
0: So I have to ask you the elephant in the room when it comes to Michigan wine, because I'm gonna. All right. What do you say when people say to you, ah, Kathy, it's just all sweet.
2: I would say, come wine tasting with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, we'll have to take you up on that one, right?
0: <laughs> no,
2: um, when oh, I, we know, though. Um, we already know
0: that's not the case.
2: Yeah. And when I first, you know, before I started working um, at the uh, for the wine trail, uh, I only drank... Uh, either dry or semi-dry white wines. I just, I just was not going to, and you know, go into the the red wine realm because you know you hear you hear all of these things about you know headaches from the tannins and and this and that and it's like well I don't even want to bother trying that and I don't like the taste of red wines. Mm-hmm. But once I started and I started you know going to wine tastings at all of the wineries. I can say now that my palate is, is so far expanded and runs the full gamut from sweet to dry, from reds to whites to rosés to sparkling. I, I cover it all, and I enjoy every bit of it. And I can appreciate those that you know really prefer the sweet wines, but that's only because of uh, marketing just like with California wines. It's because of the marketing. They've been told that California is the only good wine. Well, there was a time where even California was struggling and the only good wine came from Europe. Well, now we have this wonderful opportunity and all these wonderful wines right here in Southwest Michigan, and you need to try them. And you may be right here in your backyard. There may be five or six wineries in your backyard go and give them a try. And that's why tastings are such a wonderful experience because it's just a little taste. And you can then decide, do I like this? Or should I try something different? Or, ooh, I like this. Maybe I should try this. And, you know, expand expand that palate.
1: That could change a lot of people's minds. Uh, So one thing we've also noticed with uh, Southwest Michigan wines is not just the fact that they have a lot of similar grapes that you would find in California or in Europe with the Vitis vinifera varietals, uh, anything from Cabernet Franc to uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, et cetera, but also uh, some of the local high-rid varietals are uh, growing pretty nice here. Uh, it's really good for the cold climate. Uh, what can you tell us about some of them like Chamborsin, uh Sable Blanc, etc.?
2: Well, there's... I mean, there's all types. And um, there is even some uh, successful, I will say successful experimentation with a white cab frunk. And if you haven't had it, if you haven't had a chance to taste that yet, I would highly recommend it. And, uh, but the, the winemakers are constantly, you know, trying these different varietals to bring another unique Experience and, and and unique wines that will uh, showcase Southwest Michigan.
0: That's helpful. It is helpful. And for our listeners out there, you know, we will be um, edi- editing this and putting it out pretty soon. But just so you all know, we are recording this during a, an unprecedented time in our country with this um, coronavirus issue going on, where many of us are at home. Um, we are uh, recording this um, end of March. So, Kathy, I have, you know, we, how are you? How are the winemakers? And what, what can we do um, to, to get that wine purchased? Anything that you'd like to share or movements the wineries are making that we should be aware of to pass on to our friends and neighbors?
2: Right. Well, the, the first thing that I, you know, I do want to uh, get the word out about is that, you know, for the past uh, 14 years, and this would have been our 15th year, of um, presenting uh, the Lake Michigan Shore Wine Festival, uh, and because of the uh, the coronavirus and the continuing expansion of of restrictions and um, you know the social distancing and and self uh, uh, oh gosh I can't even remember the word
0: quarantine
2: uh, quarantine thank you uh, self quarantine we decided it was our responsibility to do the right thing mm-hmm. um and and cancel that event for this year uh, wow. looking at looking at the calendar there is no way we can reschedule uh there are so many festivals out there uh, throughout the entire uh region along the lake shore and the beach towns um so what we're going to do is take a step back and uh, relook at our festival entirely in how it's presented uh, so that it becomes more wine centric so that those that are are true wine or not true but you know our loyal wine enthusiasts and uh, our loyal attendees we want to be able to give them a new experience and so we're going to just make some changes with that but then also on top of that all of the wineries have taken steps and are adjusting uh, to the uh, the current situation Uh, they are open some of them have limited hours as to when they're open they have stepped up and exceeded uh, their normal um, uh, protocol for keeping the the uh, tasting room uh, sanitary and you know just for everyone's safety so we're encouraging everyone to either make a quick stop in at the winery and purchase bottles and cases, which uh, they are able to do. But if they're not able to get to the wineries, they can go to the websites, the wineries' websites, and purchase the bottles there and the cases there, so that you know it can tie you over until such time we can all uh, get together um, and, uh, and enjoy a, a true, wine tasting experience. I recently heard someone tell us uh, was talking about um, social distancing and they said yes we all need to practice social distancing but at the same time for all of these small businesses we also have to practice uh, social solidarity. And we want to uh, really encourage everyone to support these small businesses. This is difficult, a very difficult time for everyone. And um, we just encourage you to buy that wine online or make a quick stop at the winery and pick it up and take it home.
0: And I, um, if you can remind me how many wineries total are within the trail?
2: We have 15 wineries in the trail and they are 12 corners. Baroda Founders, Chill Hill, which is a fairly new winery to our region. Um, We have Cody Cresta, Cogdell Vineyards, which is also home of the Little Man Winery, Contessa, Domain Berrien, Fen Valley, Hickory Creek, Karma Vista, Lake Michigan Vintners, which is part of the Lake Michigan College uh, Viticulture Program. Lawton Ridge Winery, Lemon Creek Winery, St. Julian Winery, and White Pine Winery. And of course, you know St. Julian has been making wine here in, uh, and Warner have been making wine here in Southwest Michigan um, since the early 1900s, late 1800s. So it's a sustainable uh, value to this, uh, to this community.
0: And for folks, um, and thank you for listing those wineries, by the way, how can people link to all of the wineries from you? What is the web address for the Lake Michigan Shore Wine Trail?
2: Our, our web address is my, M-I, And then there are links to all of the wineries. And then also on Facebook, too, there will be updates you know, on uh, hours that the wineries uh, will be open. So check you know, check their websites, check their Facebook Uh, And we'll try and keep things updated as much as possible uh, on our uh, Facebook and social media as well.
0: So before, um, you know, I can't have you on as the ED of this amazing region and not ask a question. Again, we're we're in unprecedented times right now with the virus. But any wish list you have in terms of support of the industry and region from a state perspective? If you had kind of your um, wish list, do you think from a state perspective more can be done to support the wine industry in general in Michigan? How do you think that's going?
2: I do, and um, I know that uh, each of the wine trails uh, throughout the state, which there are five, um, that uh, you know, we're all working, we're all also co- collaborating so that we can uh, make sure that our wine Wineries and the wine industry is supported. We have uh, the Michigan Wine Collaborative, which is also working uh, to help uh, keep the uh, the wine industry up front and and visual and uh, and making sure that everyone knows that we're here. Uh, as far as the state doing more, yes, the state can always do more. Uh, there are you know varying. Uh, Feelings about uh, the consolidation of the wine industry and the brewery industry into one calling the, the Michigan Craft Beverage Council. Uh, you know, there's funding within that council that uh, is diminished because now the the uh, pool of, of people involved is greater. So, you know, smaller, indus, you know, wine trails like ours where we don't have a strong... Um, uh, financial support through uh, the various uh, councils, tourist councils, only because they have their limited resources. So, yeah, anything that the state can do to help maintain this sustainable um, uh, area, it would be very much um, appreciated and it's needed. And we did an economic impact uh, that we felt strongly supported the value of the wine in the industry. And that was done in 2017, I believe. And in that uh, economic impact, that was then done by the Michigan Grape and Wine Industry Council. And when they published those results, uh, the Michigan wine industry was responsible for full $5.4 billion, and it, uh, including more than $426 million paid in state and local taxes, and that the Michigan wine industry directly creates more than 28,000 jobs and pays $773 million in direct wages. So, you know, we are here to stay, and, um, and we're going to continue to grow, if nothing else. We just need, we need that support.
1: Wow. So I guess, uh, there's no reason in during these tough times, why people shouldn't be buying bottles, drinking a little bit more indoors and, um, supporting local. Yeah. yeah. Why would, why would anybody be, uh, in less, less shipping, uh, less freight
0: drive uh, down the road. But I know it's, 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 you know, it's hard to across the board with folks deciding what they spend on right now, but we would hope right. that people would choose to, to help support their backyard. And, and, and we
2: would certainly be grateful for that. Um, and again, our website is uh, mymiwinetrail.com, and um, we want to uh, be able to to uh, help you to get to the wines uh, because right now it's kind of hard to do that.
0: Well, Kathy, thank you for you know being flexible today to join us so we can chat with you. It is International Women's Month. It's March. And we always celebrate people in general, but especially this month with women in the wine industry. And thank you for being the steward, um, helping to preserve and also bring awareness to such amazing wine in this part of the country.
1: Yeah, that was some um, amazing facts uh, and figures for the listening audience to um, hear. And wow, uh, I was a little bit blown away by that myself. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be featuring. We are, we have featured and, and are going to be featuring some more Michigan wineries uh, on our prior podcast and upcoming podcasts, along with some videos of some reviews of some of the wines. And I will be sharing some of my favorite picks uh, via Instagram, etc. So please, audience, keep aware of that and drink local, drink Michigan.
2: Right, because great wines, it's a sure.
0: It is a short (laughs) though. I love the way you had that tagline. And with that Bottles Nation community, thank you for tuning in and um, be safe. Enjoy a great glass of vino and take a break for yourselves. And we're out. Thank
2: Thank you. Thank you.